All right, welcome everybody to episode 52 of In the Flat Podcast. I'm your host again, Tony Kill, joined again by Jordan Schultz. Uh, Jess Saban will not be with us as he's suspended for this podcast due to his terrible pick of BYU over Notre Dame, but hopefully he's learned his lesson and, and we'll, we'll learn from this from future podcasts. All right, um, so let's get started here. Um, crazy week of college football. There were some games, some close games, some some upsets, some wins. So let's start with the number one team in the country, Alabama. So... Uh, Alabama was again without Bryce Young, their, their Heisman winning quarterback, uh, as he continues to recover from injury to his throwing soldier. Um, and despite being without um, without him and turning the ball over four times, they somehow found a way to beat Texas A&M 24-20. Uh, sophomore quarterback Jalen um, Milrow did not look very good this week compared to last week, but I think they have some tape on him. They know what he does well, what he doesn't do well, and that kind of showed he not as great of a passer as he needs to be. Uh, some of those running lanes weren't as open as they were last week, and Texas A&M was able to make this close. Actually had a chance to win it on the last play of the game, three seconds left from like the five-yard line. They threw a pass, and it was just Ill, ill-timed to end up losing this game. Um, yeah, it's a good effort by them to come back, even after their, their current losing streak. Uh, but Jordan, what were your takeaways from this game? I still think um, Texas A&M doesn't develop their players that well, so you know, their quarterback had two touchdowns, 253 yards, but they passed a lot. Um, they could barely run the ball, um, 62 yards total with their starting running back. Um, and then that's that's it. The next person is their quarterback, King, who was, had 10 yards. Um, I just think they need to get developed more on the offense, quarterback-wise, receiver-wise, running back-wise. They just need to be able to, you know, get past that hump. And I think that's where they were last night. They got stuck. Um, and Alabama is a more well-rounded uh, team, and they could finish um, running back-wise, receiver-wise. They just have all-around talent, um, and they, they develop really well. And I think Texas A&M showed that last night, um, that they're not 100%. They're not fully there. They're not, you know, there's a lot of things that they need to, you know, get before they can, um, beat Alabama consistently or, you know, contend for that national championship. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, there, there's some work to be done. There seems to be a lot of work to be done for for the SEC in general. I think tech, uh, Georgia and Alabama have some issues. We'll talk about Georgia in a bit. Um, but it's better to learn from a, from a win than learn from a loss. So um, they've again found a way to win this game. Uh, Texas A&M now is on a three-game losing streak. Um, you just got to see how they turn their season around because their their schedule does not get any easier. So they still have um, you know some tough opponents ahead. All right, let's go to the game of the week: uh, TCU at Kansas. This was a really good back and forth game. Uh, TCU won thirty eight to thirty um, thirty eight thirty one. Uh, Jalen Daniels, the quarterback from Kansas, ended up you know being knocked out of this game with an injury. Their backup quarterback came in and, and played pretty well. Um, I think Max Duggan again had a great game for TCU. Um, you know, almost single-handedly carrying their offense. Uh, he passed for three touchdowns in the second half, including the game winner to uh, Quentin Johnson with a minute thirty-six left to kind of cap a really wild second half. Um, you know, what was your thoughts of this game? You know, what would you say to you know anything to say about Kansas? What do you think about TCU? I think TCU is, you know, they they compete always. They're always, you know, Kansas looked like they had this game in the bag, and TCU came out and still 
played their game and still consistent. Um, I definitely think this was a Kansas lost this game on themselves. They they fumbled on the one yard line. Um, they called some uh, fourth down plays that could have been field goals. So it would have been you know more. It would have been a different score if they kicked those field goals. I just think Kansas lost this game themselves. They had more time possession. They had over almost over a hundred more total yards. Um, I, I just think I'm not taking anything from TCU. TCU played. They both played. It was a really defensively played game in the beginning of the game. Um, I mean, they only let they only had a couple scores. I, I think it was you know ten to or thirteen points in the first half that they had total, and then after that they all they both scored four. It was forty two combined points in the second uh, in the third quarter. So I think it was just you know uh, TCU played. A great game, not taking away from that, but I think Kansas lost this game for themselves with the fumble at the one-yard line, uh, going four down fourth and not getting it when they were in field goal range. Just kind of things like that. But um, this this was you know a game of the week, yeah, huge. It was probably one of the best games of the year. Um, two undefeated teams play each other. It's all it should always be great, and I think this was a lot better than a lot of people expected. Especially you and Jess thought TCU was gonna. Rolled it with this game. Rolled this game, um, but it was a lot closer than you guys thought. And uh, uh, TC or KU, uh, Kansas is, you know, it's still going to be good, but I think it's going to be tough for the rest of the year. Yeah, I mean, at least they know they have a backup. I mean, I think um, their backup, Jason Beam, actually started the first ten games last season. Um, and he, this game, he went sixteen for twenty-four, two hundred sixty-two yards. It came to first Kansas quarterback to throw four touchdowns and a half. Uh, since 2008, so really good performance by him, and they showed a lot of resiliency there with that quarterback going down. They could have really just folded it in after they were losing to TCU uh, by double digits, but they came back, and made this a really tough game, and yeah, like I said, it was really the um, really the game of the week. And I think you know, for both teams, it gets interesting again next Saturday as Kansas next week visits Oklahoma. Which hey, if you need to have a good time to have a backup quarterback, that's a good time to have it against Oklahoma. Uh, and then TCU goes to Oklahoma State. That's obviously could be the game of the week next week. That's this could be a really good uh, top ten matchup next week. So it's interesting to watch that one as well. All right, um, let's move on to the next game. Uh, even though they're unranked, we'll go ahead and talk about it. Um, Oklahoma, Texas. Um, man, what a destruction of a program by Texas over Oklahoma. I, I was, you know, I was expecting a blowout win for Texas, but I was not expecting forty nine nothing. This um, I watched this game and it was like watching a car wreck. You just, you know, you didn't really want to watch it anymore, but you just kept watching to see how bad Oklahoma could get, and they got pretty bad in this game. Um, you know, Quinn Ewers came in and looked really good, like he did against Alabama. He played the whole game, and it was just, you know, really easy for him. Two hundred eighty nine yards, twenty one of thirty one, four touchdowns, had one one bad throw, which was an interception um, for a right to someone. Um, but for the most part, it was domination. You know, for for Oklahoma and their backup quarterback, Bevel, uh, I believe, he's just like a statue back there. He doesn't move at all in the pocket, and he just kind of froze it, and then they played a lot of Wildcat. It was this very terrible offensive play calling. There's got to be someone behind um, you know, Dylan Gabriel better than this that could, that could actually throw or at least run the football and get the offense moving. This is not what I expected from Oklahoma offense. It's been so dominant the last few years. Any thoughts uh, on this for Oklahoma or Texas side? 
No, you you nailed it. You know, hit the nail right on the head. Oklahoma just looks lost. Um, they look like they don't have an identity. They look like everything. You know, the last three games they played, everything that you know we thought the first the first three games for Oklahoma. You know, we thought the the last three they kind of just did not look like themselves. Did not look like the Oklahoma we thought. We all thought after they went started three and zero, dominating teams. We all thought that. Um, Oklahoma was a team that, you know, could compete for that Big 12. But then, you know, the last three games, it looks like every other team is a lot better than TCU or uh, Oklahoma right now. And, you know, I think with the Quinn Ewers being back, the, I, I think Texas Texas can finish this season out strong and, you know, make a push. Um, they have Iowa State next week at home, but then they play Oklahoma State away, Kansas State away, home for TCU away against Kansas, home for Baylor. I mean, they don't have a – they have a really tough schedule coming on, especially defensively-wise. Um, but I think with Quinn Ewers, I think their offense is rolling. And I think um, they sh if Quinn Ewers was still – wasn't injured, I think this their season schedule and their, you know, win-loss column would be a lot different. I think they would be a 6-0 team. I think they would have beat Alabama early. And I think they would have beat every other team that they played – so that six and zero um, would have been an easy thing for the, me to say, especially with Quinn Ewers looking so so dominant right now for Texas, and then B. John Robinson always looking dominant. So, yep, no, for sure, especially against that 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 defense, of Oklahoma. I just can't believe how fall, how bad that that defense is also falling with Brett Venables. I, you know, I know he doesn't have his players in, uh, you know, but. They at least should be in the right position. He's a really good defensive coach. Maybe he doesn't have the right defensive hire underneath him, and he's taking on more responsibilities as his coach. He doesn't have as much oversight of that defense. That might be something he takes more oversight on the rest of this year if he wants to. Because if they lose like this the rest of the year, he might not have a job next year. I mean, you can't continue to lose like this. I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't want that as if I'm an AD over at Oklahoma. Um, all right, let's talk about the, the next game, which was Tennessee over LSU. Tennessee um, won 40-13. to 13. Um, This game wasn't close from the start. They just really outclassed and dominated LSU. As a fellow Notre Dame fan, I was really sad to see this for Brian Kelly. Not really, but, um, you know, he um, he said he has much better players there, so I, I was really surprised to see this against the Tennessee team. Um, but really, they, they went in there and just trounced them. Um, again, Tennessee proved 5-0, and continues their dominant offensive performance. Um, they really just thoroughly outplayed LSU in all, all facets of the game. Um, it was 23-3 at halftime, and they kind of let their foot off the gas a bit in the second half. Um, you know, stat-wise, I mean, Hendon Hooker had a decent game, 239 yards. He didn't really have to do much more. Um, I'm surprised that Jaden Dellings has as much yards as he did, 300 yards passing, but he had to pass it 45 times, um, and you know it just felt like they were playing catch up this whole game, and so they got some of those those yards again, empty calories, as we call them here on the podcast. And so, um, not no surprise in this game. I think we all we all called this as a blowout. But any any thoughts here from your side, Jordan? And I think t Tennessee is still looking dominant on offense, and I feel like they're a scary team. You know, going down the stretch, I wouldn't want to be. Uh, Alabama down right now like they played last week. I, I, I definitely wouldn't want Tennessee to be on that schedule right away. Um, unless I, I feel like unless ten, or Alabama figures something out, I think Tennessee can go or can have a good game against them and beat them. Um, but th uh, watching this game, we both, I mean, I talked about it. 
on our podcast um, previewing this week, I was like, LSU has a good defense, but this game did not show their good defense. Um, they Tennessee could do everything, run the ball, pass the ball. I think this was just, like you said, they were up so much early that they were like, uh, we just let's just fourth quarter, we'll just kind of do nothing kind of thing. And I think LSU doesn't have a, a quarterback yet, and I think, that really showed in this game. So, yep, uh, it sure did. All right, let's move ahead. Uh, UCLA and Utah. So for the second week in a row, UCLA you know, walked off uh, with a with a victory over a, a good opponent. This week it was over Utah. They beat Utah forty two to thirty two to go six and zero for the first time since two thousand and five. Uh, I think uh, Dorian Thomas Robinson really has gotten this uh, Chip Kelly offense down. Finally, um, and I think this this team is just humming. They, they look really good. You talk again. I think we talked about the podcast last week. They struggle on the road, and uh, nothing was changing this week. Um, I don't know why. I mean, I know some teams struggle on the road, play well at home, but I mean, they really struggle on the road they, they, for the last couple of years. So something they need to work on. I don't know what that is in the off season, but something they need to they need to really focus on as they go into next season. But again, impressive performance by UCLA here. What, what did you think of it? I thought UCLA played great, and I think it's the fact that um, they held, they didn't have 50% capacity. Um, they had 47% capacity yesterday, which I think is a lot better than what they usually have. Um, but I think UCLA is dominant. Um, I'm pretty sure I called this game, and I said UCLA got this one. Um, I, I think UCLA right now is on that super high, and I think it's just going to keep going up, and I think the quarterback plays is playing great. I think... Everything right now is um, hitting for uh, UCLA, and I think they can be a scary team for Oregon when they go play Oregon next week or two weeks. Um, um, right now, I feel like if they can get past Oregon, they can go undefeated because all they have the end of the season, uh, second to last game of the season, is UCL uh, USC at home, though. So I think. There's you know two big games left for them, and if they can get past you know the first one right away, then they can get past that last one and go undefeated. And, um, be surprising if they do, but I think UCLA has that firepower on offense, and their defense has been looking looking good as well. So uh, big ups for UCLA, and I uh, happy for them. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, I thought they have a pretty decent season. I think, and we were talking about. Yeah, in the preseason I fought nine and three, but now they're obviously blowing away that that even that evaluation. So they're they're doing good. And I'm glad to see that because I know there's a lot of negativity on Chip Kelly. He he builds the program a certain way, and then I'm glad they gave him a time because a lot of times these ads and these athletic departments don't give their their coaches time to build it the way they want to build it. And so luckily he had he was able to do that, and now he has a you know a pretty decent team. Like you said, uh, they could get past those couple um, roadblocks and not. Not follow to a team they should have. They they should they might have a chance to go to the playoff, which would be interesting. Um, let's talk about uh, Michigan. Uh, Michigan won thirty one to ten. If you just looked at the box score, you would have thought, oh, another easy win for Michigan. But this was not an easy win. This was a um, a really a slugfest for the first three quarters. Um, if you looked at it at halftime, it was ten ten at halftime. Really ugly game for both teams. Not playing well. Michigan was able to score seven points in the third quarter, so it was seventeen ten. Heading into the fourth quarter, but then they were able to pull away with a couple late touchdowns. Uh, you know, I, overall, I mean, stat-wise, J.J. McCarthy looked good, but he did look good for that first half. 
Um, the defense from Indiana, which hasn't played well all year, was able to really play well for the first few quarters until they're, I think they ran out of gas a bit there in the fourth quarter. Um, any concerns from your side on Michigan, or you know, it's just one of those games you have to win? I have uh, concerns. I think you know we saw the first three games where they blew out teams they should have blown out, and then it, you know the last three weeks they've won. Uh, by seven, by thirteen, this twenty-one game that should have it would probably should have been a lot closer than this twenty-one thirty-one ten. Um, but now they're going into the thick of a lot of things. You know, they got uh, Penn State at home next week. Um, we're gonna skip Michigan or Michigan State because we have a lot. You know, we don't have a lot of faith in them. No, <laughs> then they play not. Illinois and Illinois right now. You know, running and quarterback. I mean, their quarterback's consistent, but their run game. And their defense is pretty good. Um, but then they have Ohio State at the end of the year. I, I just don't see Michigan this year going undefeated. It, it's going to be a tough um, hill to climb now going into the you know next six, their final six games of the year. And it's really shown these last three games when they play tough opponents that can either stop them or score. It, it's going to be hard. And I think Penn State, you know, this next week is going to be a tough game. But I think they have a lot of tough games going through or going on to the end of the season, and I just think this game really another another um, showing of how inconsistent JJ McCarthy can be, um, inconsistent their defense can be. Just a lot of inconsistencies uh, showed again, just like Iowa's game last week. Yeah, I mean, it's the defense's credit. They did they did show up in the fourth quarter. I mean, they they went all over. They blitzed. They got all over the quarterback. A lot of pressures. I just I don't know where that was the first couple quarters and then that offense you know if they get to a slow start against ohio state or penn state or illinois to your point i mean they might be in trouble in some of these games on the road so something to keep an eye on uh let's talk about never um another top team oklahoma state they won 41 to 31 over texas tech ted get the hands off to texas tech they, they beat texas this year they've had a lot of close games they're three and three. The new Joey McGuire, the new head coach there, is doing a really good job of building a good culture. Um, this was a tight, tight game into the fourth quarter. It was a three-point game uh, for much of the fourth quarter until uh, Oklahoma State was able to add a touchdown and pull away. Um, the, you know, great stats all around from, from both sides. But um, I think Oklahoma State shows some toughness here to win this game. Um, you know, headed to their big matchup next week at TCU. So any takeaways from you on this game? No, not really. Um, it just showed, I think, Oklahoma State's defense really took a shot um, this year. Uh, it's it's shown many games so far this year that their defense has taken a huge shot. I mean, it started off the year only winning by 14 against Central Michigan, which probably should have been a blowout for a lot of teams. Um, but this stretch right now, I, I think, is going to be a real test on that defense. TCU... Has a good offense. Texas, like we saw it, dropped 49 points. Then they play Kansas State. Then they play Kansas. Um, Iowa State, and we've seen Iowa State with, you know, their defense is really good right now and is just that offense. But I, I just see, like I said against Michigan, another inconsistencies on both offense and defense um, until that fourth quarter. Um, it just, I, I'm, I'm afraid for Oklahoma State right now to continue with their streak. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, I, I mean, a Big Twelve, man. Probably, this is a really good league, top to bottom. I don't know if there's um, 
too many bad teams in this league. Even like Iowa State, which is having a struggling of a season, you know, plays well week to week. And so, I mean, there's no easy game. You're gonna every week you have a chance to lose. So it's it's been a fun league to watch this year. Except against Oklahoma. Well, that's true. Yeah, Oklahoma is one of those guaranteed wins, I guess, this year. Who would have thought, you know? Um, all right, let's move on to number two team in the country, at least by ranking perspective. I don't think they're number two team in the country. But uh, Georgia, um, they won 42-10. to 10. Again, let's look at the box score. You know, never impressive win for Georgia. But, again, the slow start by this team, I, I, this is going to catch up to them eventually. But they scored no points in the first quarter. They got 14 points in the second quarter. And by the end of the third quarter, they had 21 points. I guess a really bad Auburn team. I know Auburn has some good pieces on defense and plays some pretty good defense, but that they're off. The Auburn's offense is terrible. I mean, luckily for them, they're able to kind of play around. Sets of Bennett, 208 yards passing. Uh, nobody over 100 yards rushing for Georgia. Uh, I, I don't know. I just, I just, I don't, don't know if this offense is dynamic enough. I guess I was saying that last year they won a title, so maybe I'm just just crazy. But what do you, what do you think here, Georgia? I, I think they're just playing down to their their opponent and it's going to bite them when they play a team that they think is going to be bad don't coming on um i definitely think there's a lot of teams that they have coming up um we'll talk about it in a podcast next about vanderbilt and vanderbilt put up a fight this week and i i could see you know playing down to vanderbilt being down 14 to 0 in the first half if georgia plays down to their opponent and i, I just don't think I think someone needs to hit Georgia in the head or something with something just because right now they just look like every other team and how they start is really going to affect them going down the road in these stretches of games that, you know, they're hitting that middle stretch of the SEC right now in their schedule where anything can happen. Even that Georgia Tech game at the end of the year, we saw Georgia Tech this week um, with that big win, but um yeah, it, it just looked all around like they played down to their opponent, and uh, it's going to really bite them. And I, I, like you said, I think Stenson Bennett started off the year where it was like, oh, Heisman favorite, Heisman favorite. Um, but right now it's showing back to what he was, you know, when he played last year. And I think it's they need to change a lot of things in offense. Yeah, I would say change the quarterback, but then I probably that, that probably is not – I think most Georgia fans would agree, but they just maybe not want to say it with him winning a national championship last year. So you got to give Kirby benefit of doubt. They won last year, but I just don't. I mean, I'm thinking like a Tennessee game. They're going to have to score some points, and I just don't know if he hasn't. I mean, they have the playmakers, but can he get it to him? I mean, he showed up in every big game, so we'll see. But I just have my um, my doubts right now, my, my concerns for them. Um, all right, let's talk about the number three team in the country, Ohio State. Didn't quite live up to my eighty to seven prediction that I that I gave on the podcast, but I will say they were they were missing their their top um, running back, Mike Williams. Trevion Henderson got hurt in this game. I don't know what his status is for future games, but he did get he you know he was hurt. I don't know what the injury was, um, and they still um, missing their top wide receiver in this game as well. Um, but they won forty nine to twenty, uh, and so you know good twenty nine point win. They made some uncharacteristic mistakes. I know um, C.J. Stroud for a really bad interception to you know give Michigan State life in this game, give him a touchdown, and they, you know, they pretty much dominated the rest of the way. But um, any any thoughts here in Ohio State? You still you still pegged them as the number one team? I still pegged them as the number one team. C.J. Stroud played amazing, twenty one for twenty six. You know, like you but you said that interception, but it happens. I feel like that's a thing that just you know sometimes can happen. 
it's a thing. He threw six touchdowns, uh, averaged 13.9 uh, yards per pass. Um, Henderson had 118 um, rushing yards. He had two receivers, over 130 receiving yards, almost, and three receivers almost at 100 receiving yards. So I, I still think the Ohio State offense is uh, – Rolling right now, um, even with the players out, and I think if I think it would have been a higher scoring game if um, CJ didn't throw that interception for a touchdown, and then um, the fourth quarter they just I think they put their backups in and let them play because they didn't score anything. But I definitely think if CJ didn't throw that interception, we were a lot closer to that 80, 80 points in that game. So. <laughs> Exactly. Um, yeah, it's a little off there, but hey, you know, halfway there, I guess. Um, all right, next game. Let's talk about number five team in the country, uh, Clemson. They won thirty-one to three. Again, if you just look at the box score, like, oh, all right, Clemson is still chugging along. They're definitely a top team. You know, if you watch the first half, DJ did not look like the quarterback you've been seeing this year. He looked like the quarterback we saw last year. This game was ten to three at half against a really bad Boston College team that. Other teams are just scoring left or right against. Uh, but this is a struggle for the first three quarters. It's like finally pulled away in the fourth. Uh, but the defense looked good. But again, Boston College's offensive line is in shambles. I think they're missing three starters that for injury this year, and so you know they have they're giving no time to for Phil uh, Jakovic to, to throw the ball. He was nineteen to 40, 188 yards. So uh, yeah, good good performance for the defense against a bad offense. Um, you know. You know, not the greatest performance for JJ in the offense, but what any concerns for you, or is you know, thirty-one three should say it all. What do you what do you think? A lot of concerns. I think DJ is slowly regressing from what we saw the last two weeks, and uh, Clemson's offense I think is regressing. They don't have a running back really. Um, DJ is playing iffy, un- inconsistent, and it should have been a forty-nine to three game or fifty. 50- six to three game just because like you said Boston College offense is in shambles I think Boston College is an easy win it should have been an easy win especially for a Clemson team that everybody thinks has has the opportunity of playing in the college football playoff but they just look kind of offensively looked so different than what we've seen and DJ looks the same he like in this game like he did last year and it's it's a big concern for me for Clemson yeah I mean you know, they got to win, but, man, it was just a really slog to get there. I mean, they had um, nobody over – you know, no running back over 30 yards rushing. They couldn't get the rushing game going outside of DJ, who had 69 yards. So that's got to be a concern. I mean, Will Shipley only had 3.3 yards of carry. Um, I imagine they're going to be fine in ACC, but I, I am interested to see how that, that Clemson Notre Dame game, which, you know, we're going to try to be at, um, how that's going to be because I, I, I think um, – Notre Dame has a good line on both sides, which I think matches well with Clemson. Obviously, Clemson has a good, talented player, so I'm looking forward to that game for sure. Uh, so, speaking of that, let's talk about that Notre Dame BYU game um, that you know Jess is suspended for. Um, Notre Dame won this one 2020. Um, again, this one, look at the box score, wasn't as close as that. Notre Dame was up 25 to six, um, kind of heading heading into late into the third quarter. Uh, I think they kind of took their foot off the gas and made made a couple of small mistakes, made us closer than it should have been. But you know, had a 20 20. 
Uh, defense at times was gassed a bit, but you know at times played really well. Also, uh, made things really hard for Darren Hall, who only had 120 yards passing. You know, he's somebody they're talking about as one of the top tier quarterbacks in the NFL draft, and they made him look really pedestrian here. Um, their names, Drew Pine, on the other hand. Which we saw at spring game. If you had told me that that Drew Pine we saw at the spring game was this Drew Pine who had a really outstanding game, 262 yards, three touchdowns, was making some Patrick Mahomes types throws out there, I, I would have said no. That's that's not the Drew Pine I know. But he, he came out. He played well. Audrey Kessemay again, 97 yards. Logan Diggs, 93 yards. Chris Tyree didn't have a good game, but he didn't have to in this game. Michael Mayer, 118 yards. Um, Receiving, you know, he has broken the record for um, Notre Dame tight ends as far as um, receptions goes. He's well on his way to breaking it for yards and touchdowns as well. Really great um, tight end out there. I, I currently think the best in the country. Sorry, Georgia fans. Um, so, Georgia, any, any thoughts or takeaways from this one? No, um, you hit it all on the head. I think Notre Dame, that was, that was probably their best game they played all year. Um, or one of the best games. I think that UNC game was probably the best. Um, they just dominated. Their defense played well. Um, time of possession for Notre Dame, 40 minutes of the game, almost 41. And then, you know, they only hit, BYU only had the ball for 19. I think uh, if they can, it's the big plays, and I think it's the missed tackles, um, especially for Notre Dame right now. Uh, like, I, I'm watching the game, there was a third and 20 or third and 17, and then they ran the ball. And the guy got 20 yards. Um, I think it's a lot of just missed tackles, miscommunication on Notre Dame's defense right now that's uh, getting these teams in the game. I think this game should have been 28-6 uh, to 6 the whole game. Um, yeah. And, but um, big de- they, they did have some huge plays on defense, especially early with that interception. Um, and all, and so, But defensively, I think that's where they're kind of hit or miss right now. Offensively, um, I think they're slowly getting finding their stride, finding their identity. Yep. Yeah, defense is you know I think throughout the year has been plagued with some of this. You know they they busted plays, and um, I don't know what's causing that. I, I think you know maybe a new defensive coordinator, a new defensive line coach. You know, there's a bunch of new defensive coaches that's still kind of working through things. Um, as long as they can work through the next few weeks to get Stanford and the likes to get ready for Clemson, I mean that should be a good game. All right, um, let's hit a couple of top 10 teams here. USC won 30 to 14 over Washington State. My upset prediction did not happen. I, you know, for the first half, I thought it would. Um, they were they were winning going into, you know, halftime, Washington State was. Uh, but USC was able to, you know, pull away. Even with uh, Jordan Addison getting injured in this game, USC looked pretty good. And Caleb Williams made enough plays in that second half to, to pull away and win this game. The, de- the defense from um, USC again pretty well, holding this Washington State team to 14 points. Um, any takeaways from you, Jordan? I think the depth, depth, the depth on USC is you know the biggest thing they have right now, and that's what really brought them out of this game. And I think um, Die is outstanding. He's playing probably the best for that or best on that USC team. Um, and I think I think if a team has depth that they play soon, it's going to be tough for them. Yeah, yeah, especially teams with really strong offensive lines or defensive lines. Like, I think Utah's still going to be a challenge. UCLA is going to be a challenge. Oregon's going to be a challenge. You know, those teams. Notre Dame. Um, oh, Notre Dame. Yep, definitely will be a challenge. I, you know, we'll make sure to ask Jess's opinion on that game, you know. No, we won't. Next couple weeks. <laughs> um, 
Uh, next up, a top 10, Mississippi, um, won 52 to 28 over Vanderbilt. This game was um, close for first two, two and a half quarters. You know, I was like, man, if Vandy pulled this off, they were winning by you know, over 10 points. But um, yeah, Mississippi finally corrected itself in the second half and pulled this one away, uh, winning this game. You know, ugly game, but I think it's, you know, it kind of showed resiliency for Mississippi. They were they they didn't fold. They came back and they they made the plays they needed to, and they they're now they're still undefeated. So any thoughts there, Jordan? Same thing I said, you know, just a second ago. Um, depth, I think Ole Miss has that depth. Vanderbilt doesn't. Vanderbilt got tired after that first half, and it it showed. Yep. No, I agree. Yeah, it all comes out as Fandy is really the Clark Lee is really. Try to build something there. You know, you got to have performances like this before you get to a to a win. So I think you know he's slowly started to do some things there. It's going to be tough at SEC, but they're trying to do something there. All right, um, we got to talk about two other games. Then we'll do a quick round round the horn of any games we might have missed. Um, Kentucky lost twenty four to fourteen against South Carolina. Will Levitz was out this game. Apparently, he means a lot to this offense because they they just they struggled. They gave they gave away some. Some plays that made it easier for the South Carolina offense. Um, um, what do you? Any thoughts here, Jordan? Uh, it was kind of a, not a great performance by Kentucky. No, you hit it right on the head. Um, Kentucky looked kind of lost um, without Will Levis, and it really showed in this game. And I, I think South Carolina is, you know, the dark horse right now. Is if you play them, you don't, you, you never know what you're going to get with them. <laughs> and I, and it showed in this game, and. Uh, it showed that Kentucky needs a backup quarterback um, and not to rely on running the ball the whole game. Yeah, this reminded me of the Kentucky teams of the past where they didn't have a quarterback and they were trying to run. They couldn't. The quarterback couldn't do much. So, yeah, hope, hopefully you're recruiting. I don't know if they do have a quarterback in the wings for Will Levitt after he goes to the NFL um, and does nothing because I don't think he's a good quarterback, but that's just me. Um all right, let's talk about the other big one this week. It was North Carolina State, Florida State. Florida State was just leading this game most of the way, and then somehow North Carolina State was able to kind of just crawl their way back and, and pull out a victory here, 19-17 to against Florida State. Uh, in this game, North Carolina State quarterback um, Devin Leary left with an injured right shoulder. Uh, x-rays were negative, so you got to think he, he'll be back, but you don't know how long. Uh, but this was, this was a grind-out game that North Carolina State, you know, State needed after that loss to Clemson last week. Um, I know Jordan Travis still made some good plays. You're still high on him. But what were your thoughts on this one? I just think, uh, like I was talking about the Kansas-TCU game, uh, it was all Florida State's game. Um, it was their game to lose, and they lost it. Two interceptions in a row for uh, – on two different – two drives in a row for Jordan Travis. Um, one could have iced – you know, it could have won them the game. They were, it was after nine plays, 70 yards, due interception. You know, it's a huge, huge demoralizing thing. Um, Florida State's defense played, you know, outstanding. And uh, But I think Jordan Travis is still young, still developing. I, I think he's going to be a scary quarterback soon. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's go around the horn here. I'll just, I'll just go through some of these games really quickly, and then you give me your thoughts at the end here. So uh, Mississippi State won 40-17 to over Arkansas. I mean, Mississippi State is playing well. They had a big game against Texas A&M last week. They they dominated Arkansas. I, I was not expecting this, but they, they dominated Arkansas um, and won this one pretty easily. 
Um, Cincinnati won 28 to 24. This was, um, I checked in a little bit on this, uh, but they, it was really like an ugly game to watch, but Cincinnati is still in that rebuild mode. They just find a way to win, win these games. Uh, you know, I think they'll be much better next year, um, but they're, they're finding ways to win. That's all you can ask for this year in a rebuilding season. Um, Washington lost 45 to 38 against a, you know, not a great Arizona state team. Arizona state played really well. First half against USC last week. They continued that this week, holding on to beat Washington. So Washington, you know, we thought they were going to be kind of up and coming the way they played at the beginning of the year, but they, they, they lost the last couple in a row. So got to kind of watch out for them. Um, let me see. Kansas state won 10 to nine over Iowa state. So, Iowa State, they must have a good defense because they held Kansas down uh, last week. They held Kansas State down this week. They lost both games. So, luckily, I'm, I'm not pinning my, my bandwagon to Iowa State this, this year as I was last year. Um, let me see any other games. Wake Forest won 45-10 over Army. So, um, Army not as good as years past, but um, good, just solid win for Wake Forest. Um, and then Oregon won 49-22. Uh, pretty easy win over Arizona. And I'd be um, remiss if I did not mention that um, I'm probably going to mess his name up. Israel um, Bacana uh, broke Tori Dorsett's single-game rushing record for, for Pitt when he ran for 320 yards and six touchdowns in their 45-29 victory over Virginia Ooh. Tech. So uh, really good performance by him. Uh, so I don't know if that says more about him or more about the Virginia Tech team, but um, you, know, you can look at it both ways, I guess. Um, and also – you know, mentioned we didn't talk about it when we talked about Michigan. Michigan running back coach Mike Hart, the former great running back there at Michigan, was carted off the field due to um, I think seizures, and he's in stable yeah. condition. So uh, our prayers are out for him. Hopefully, he is okay. Uh, so with that, I'll pass over to you, Jordan. Any any thoughts from those games or those results? Um, the one game didn't say is that Iowa Illinois game. All field goals nine to six. <laughs> did, did not that one did not cross my radar. Sorry. Yeah. Just so you know, uh, nine to six. Uh, Who Illinois, won that game? Illinois, Illinois. Illinois. Okay. nine to six. Um, Illinois running game is still their bread and butter. Um, but I also just want to bring up James Madison is still undefeated at five and zero, oh, and it sucks because they can't win their conference or they can't go to a bowl game. Because it's their transition kind of from the yeah, lower levels. Right? First, it's yeah. their first year, but. They're looking good. They had that big comeback win against uh, App State a couple weeks ago, and they still steam are steamrolling teams. So oh, good for them. Yeah, it's hard when you don't have anything to play for to get some of the players up and ready. But they're doing a good job of that for sure. All right. Well, that is all the games and results and news that we have from this week. Obviously, we'll be back with the with the podcast later in the week to kind of preview um, the next week games, which are some. Really good games. Tennessee, Alabama, Penn State, Michigan, TCU, Oklahoma State. Uh, I don't know what the game in a week is going to be, but uh, you know it's going to be one of those probably. So it uh, should be some really good games to watch, and we look forward to talking to you with those. So until next week, guys, make sure you check out In The Flat Pod on Twitter, In The Flat Podcast um, and for our latest content, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye.